You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back. I'm Catherine. I'm Winston, and this is Live Wild Radio. Today, I thought a good thing for us to talk about would be backpacking, because it is currently Wednesday, and on Friday, we are going backpacking. So... Right now, we are in Canada, and it is in December. In fact, it's Boxing Day, December 26th. Uh, So wherever we go, unless we hop on an airplane, is going to be cold or Mm -hmm. cold-ish. We're getting kind of a warm spell right now, so things are rainy, but they're supposed to get below freezing when we go. That would be good. Except for rain, then followed by below freezing means everything's just icy and hard. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. Yeah, so we're going to talk about what goes into planning uh, a backpacking trip, particularly in the wintertime, and then sort of certain things to pay attention to, because in this particular trip, because of the weather, we're actually going to probably change where we're going due to uh, basically flooding and then freezing, mm-hmm. um, you know. So where were we originally going to go? Yeah, so we were going to go to Lake Placid, Adirondacks, and uh, and checking the weather. Uh, the day that we're supposed to arrive, it's supposed to rain, and uh, you just found out that it's today it's flooding. Yeah, because of all the melt, it's just not cold enough. Yeah, well, they had a lot of snow already. Yeah, um, like at higher elevations, they had up to four feet of snow, and now it's been well above freezing. Yeah, and raining. Yeah. so all that high snow is now turning into low water very quickly. Yeah, so that's just not fun. So anyhow, we're now contemplating going to Allegheny, so in Pennsylvania. So not, not Allegheny, but... Oh, not necessarily, eh? No, I said Hammersley. I thought that was all near there. Ish. Gotcha. It's in, like, northern Pennsylvania, but Allegheny is very... It's kind of western Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, we're going to be more central Pennsylvania. Okay. So how long of a drive is that for? Like for us, it's going to be maybe... We're in Cambridge. Yeah, it's going to be about four hours. Okay. Um, So it's not as far as the Black Forest Trail, Mm. uh, but not as close as Allegheny, Tracy Ridge. Gotcha. So it's kind of a a tweener. Yeah. But either way, it's closer than going to the Adirondacks. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... So why uh, Pennsylvania versus, say, going north of here? Is it because of... I know you're familiar with this this trail, uh, and you're in the mountains. What made you think of going to uh, to this area? Well, Queen Elizabeth is boring because it's we've just been there so many times, mm-hmm. um, and you know if we got four days, and I'm cheap, and most of the other places in Ontario, like if we go to Algonquin, you pay, mm-hmm. and it's not particularly good trails. Have you done it in the winter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and they don't have like full on winter yet. Yeah. You know, it's colder than it is here, but there's not really enough snowpack for snowshoeing, you know, and. So Pennsylvania gets more snow, eh? Yeah. Okay. And, but even there, they don't have a ton yet. Yeah. But they're just not getting, they're not having flooding issues. Yeah. So. So do you think that's going to be mainly powder then? The snow? In Pennsylvania. No, because yeah. it's been warm there too. Gotcha. So it's going to probably be packed and crusty. Yeah. Which is better than powder. 
Uh, better than powder, but it's also better than um, like flooding. and. Of course. You know, they didn't have as much as the Adirondacks. Yeah. So the warm spells not as made bad. it as mucky. Yeah. Um, and other than the few low-lying areas we might cross, hmm. um, most of the, the trail that we're going to go on is like up on ridge lines. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get... That's true. We'll be high up. Yeah, you won't get as much moisture. Okay. Well, that's know. good because I was just immediately thinking what the risk could potentially be to be aware of that. Yeah, like there's a, depending on how we go, there, there's a couple of stream crossings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a pretty dry fall for them. Yeah. So, uh, and there's a lot of drainage. So you're probably not looking at particularly, uh, you know, fast moving streams or, or high water. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if we do run into that one, we'll figure a way out. Cool. You know, but, uh, yeah, there's one or two places where you sort of go down in a va- valley and cross a stream, but most of it is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's still water sources, but you're not down in the in the bottom of the valley. Okay. So how, uh, the loop that you're thinking of, mm-hmm. how many kilometers? Uh, it's like 32. Okay. 32, well, it depends on how far we go because there's multiple interconnecting loops. Gotcha. Right, so you can do a smaller loop, a bigger loop. Yeah. Loop-de-loop. You know, there's all sorts of loop options that way, so. Right, and so we're going for about three days. When you, you know, three and a half, but I'm already, or four. We're there for four, but I'm including half of those days. For driving. Yeah. For driving. So yeah. three, three days of... Yeah. Of trekking. Yeah, so like 10K a day is not really a big deal. Yeah. I'm just re- trying to recall if we've done that in the past. Which? 10K in the winter. Well, uh... So on easy terrain, we have going into Mount Seward last year. That was 8K. Yeah. Just because in the winter, which is interesting, is how much slower you go. Well, it, it, it all has to do with how much snow there is. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you don't have a lot of snow... You're going to cover a lot of terrain uh, other than the fact that, you know, you're bulkier clothes. Gotcha. It's going to be pretty, pretty similar. So I think, I think it'll be pretty based on the fact that like their snow cover is two to four inches right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Like that's not much. I mean, I don't even need your snowshoes. Yeah. Like if you've got less than eight inches on the trail. Yeah. Snowshoes. You might need micro spikes. Because you've, you've got your little traction mm-hmm. spikes, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. The the Yeah, the larger ones. No, yeah. no, no. Well, you've got smaller ones, don't you? I do. Yeah, because you've got all three. I like do. Micro spikes, crampons, and snowshoes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I don't think... You w- definitely won't need mountaineering crampons. Okay. Uh, and Good, because they're heavy. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I, I expect what you're going to need is just micro spikes. Okay. Um. And probably not even that, you know, but there is, there is some, you know, up and down. Um, and so if it's gotten icy at all, mm-hmm. that's where the micro spikes will come in. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, most of it's you just know, with your boots. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be fine. Well, this would be interesting. I haven't done this kind of winter camping before. Yeah, like it's winter without the winter part. It's Pretty just much. cold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the, you know the plus to that, you know, finding firewoods easier. Yeah, um, the streams probably aren't all frozen over, mm-hmm. so, so that's a downside. Uh, 
But we can collect water. Yeah, that's the plus side of it. You don't have to melt snow. Yeah. Which, when there is none, is convenient. So I have a question about that. Um, if you want to purify the water, yeah. is there a difference in how long you have to leave the tablet in? Or is that more difficult because it's cold water and the tablet may not dissolve as easily? Oh, well, yeah. When you're dealing with colder conditions, mm-hmm. um, we'll want to do it around a fire. If you are using chemical tablets, yeah. um, in normal like room temperature, uh, chlorine dioxide tablets are 20 minutes to half an hour. Okay. Uh, but do you remember last year in the Adirondacks when we used them? Yeah. Um, it was 45 minutes. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a longer mm-hmm. uh, time for colder temperatures. Yeah. I was looking at that today when I was packing my stuff. Yeah. And then the other thing we have is that obviously we can boil water. I know. It just you takes know. a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the, at least we don't have to melt it. That's true. In the snow. So that's true. Boiling water is a better option. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the, one of the things with the winter time, you know, if you're used to using a water filter, um, for disinfecting, you know, your water, then, uh, you can't use that in the winter because moisture inside your filter can freeze and the ice expanding can crack the filter. Mm. So good to know. Huh? I told you that before, haven't I? No, I don't recall. I didn't retain it. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've said it before. <laughs> You know, like, you know, if you're doing like a, a hike in places where it's above zero during the day, but it might freeze overnight, mm-hmm. you actually put your silt filter in a uh, a Ziploc bag and keep it in your sleeping bag with you at night. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't freeze, mm-hmm. um, you know, because things like the Continental Divide Trail, the PCT, the AT, even where it might be warmish, you know, above zero during the day, mm-hmm. but it gets freezing overnight mm-hmm. in the shoulder season, then that's how you want to look after your... Uh, water filter hmm. like if you leave it out and it freezes that cracking that can happen internally you have no idea if it's doing its job anymore gotcha right so um yeah you just basically when when it's going to be consistently below zero then uh boiling is sort of your safest bet being for your stove bring more fuel um so you know if you normally use like a small gas canister mm-hmm. bring a medium gotcha and it gives you more than enough to boil, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and you can do the chemical tablets as well. Cause like if you're doing, if you're around a campfire, then go fill your bottles at the stream and then keep them, you know, four or five feet away from the fire. Right. And then it's not below freezing anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it keeps it warm enough that they can do their job. The, the tablets can. Right. Um, uh, and just time it and you'll have uh, safe drinking water. Cool. Yeah. So a little tip for anybody out there. If you uh, don't normally like buy some Aquatabs or any brand of um, chlorine dioxide water purifying tabs or water disinfecting tabs, and even if you go on a day hike, keep them with you. Because, you know, maybe it's a hot summer day, you didn't bring a filter, and you're running out of water. Well, if you find a stream that isn't, you know, polluted by... Uh, like some sort of chemical plant or anything. If it's in, you know, most of North America, uh, if you find a stream in the backcountry, um, unless it's got direct farm runoff, because that can have fertilizer and, mm-hmm. you know, what have you in it, basically just scoop up your bottle, one liter, drop one tablet in it if the water's clear, two tablets if it's cloudy, um, and wait half an hour. And now you've got basically pretty safe drinking water. Mm-hmm. Um, and they take up no room. So like I always keep like a packet of them in my first aid kit 
and I take my first aid kit, whether it's on day hikes or backpacking trips. So, you know, I always have them with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So little little tip for those, you know, you kids out there. Um, so what other things are we considering? Like, uh, What do you mean? Like what, for activities or? No, no, no. Like, you know, when we're considering planning out a trip like this. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, certainly the temperatures, uh, the conditions, how much snow, um, how much time we have and how long of our route, you know, do we want to do and if there's any injuries at play because that can limit the kind of uh, routes that we do. In my case, I have a bit of a knee issue. Um, it's been acting up lately, which is kind of uh, unusual. I'm trying to figure that out. I think it's lack of strength training, quite honestly. Or, it could or, be the cold. Uh, I don't know. I don't oh, think okay. so. Are you getting old? <laughs> it could be that. I mean, you're older. Um, yeah, I'm all, I'm all spry. Yeah. I've had no joints needing to be replaced yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, not I'm not like class four or anything or grade four or <laughs> Yeah. So uh for our listeners, yeah, I have osteoarthritis stage four. So uh I think um we're not as often doing our strength training, so I think that may be part of it. Yeah, we're rock climbing all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, because see see I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a long short story here. So the gym we go to um, like we have a big highway dissecting our town and the gym is on the south side of the highway, right on the south side, but it's on the south side of the highway. And then we live on the north side of the highway. The climbing gym's on the north side of the highway. <laughs> My work is on the north side of the highway. <laughs> they closed the bridge over the highway to replace it since August. It's open now. Yeah, just open. So it's a thing where I can go a super long way around to go to the gym, mm-hmm. or we can go do something more fun and go to the climbing gym, <laughs> which is like just right up the street. Right. And so... Yeah, but you're obsessed about climbing these days, so for you to want to go rock, to go to the, the gym and strength train is not as exciting. Yeah, now, and uh, the thing is, the, the gym or the climbing gym does have weights, so... On a semi-regular basis, after I climb, I still lift weights. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think that's what, I'm, I'm guessing that's what it may be that with maybe a little bit of lack of water. Though I've been trying to do that. Um, more than a liter a day. So That's not enough. Yeah, I'm on my third liter. Second, I've done two and a half today, so I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, you don't look at your water. Speak into the microphone. <laughs> So, um, yeah, considerations. Um, so in this case, we're going to do about 30K over three days. Should be okay. Uh, I'm just thinking, though, if we're backpacking and in the snow. The rumor, there is no snow. Oh, that's right. But if there's yeah. icy conditions, we're going to go slow. So uh, something to think about. Um, but beyond that, it's, um, you know, despite the fact that the temperature is going to be a wet minus eight. Is that what you saw? Uh, I think a low, like minus three to minus eight, something okay. like that. So my sleeping bag is rated minus 15 or 18, something like that. So I don't, I'm not going to take my liner in it, which if I did, it would be another 10 degrees. So I think I'm good. Um, just trying to pack as light as possible, but as prepared as possible. So you've got your different systems, right? Yeah. So starting off with your backpack, um, you've got your pack backpack and a liner. You want a 50-liter liner. 
to keep things nice and dry in case you know, it gets submerged in water or gets wet in some way tons or of another. Snow. We finally get that tons of snow. Yeah, and it warms up or something happens. Um, everything's dry. Uh, so then if you look at your sleep system, you've got your mat. So I'll be taking with me my Thermarest, my accordion mat. What do you call that? The Z-Lite. The Z-Lite? Okay. So I have that. Plus I have my Neo Air. Trekker. Trekker mat. It's an inflatable mat on top of that. So it's more than enough to keep warm, but I like extra comfort. So mm. that with my uh, sleeping bag and, uh. What, what kind of a bag is it? What's your bag? Yeah. A marmot. Marmot? Yeah, never okay. summer. Okay. So I've got that. It's um, funny how I know all of her gear. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, you've sold it to me. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> P.S. If you need any some outdoor gear, uh, come to Cambridge. Uh, there's only one outdoor store. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, um, I usually, so you've got that system. Um but with that, you have uh, clothing, and uh, so I was looking at my masks for sleeping at night. From it's not going to be that cold. Yeah. See, you're you're still traumatized from our, our back, <laughs> like our camping at minus forty last year. I am, I am. Because yeah. did you need the masks when we were down in the dax? No, we didn't for the second when we went with uh, yeah Brooks. No, well, we not didn't. for the one with Brooks or the one with the other one. Oh yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I didn't. Just a little something for my nose, but it didn't take much. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah. So you got your sleep system. And then I was looking at my uh, food system. So that was pretty. Uh, I don't know if I really need that bear canister, which I don't need it. It just keeps the, it's more of a stool. Yeah. At this point, we don't have to worry about animals. What about coyotes? Um, they're They're around. So in terms of your hanging your food or putting putting it into a bear canister. Well, that, that's the thing that I like with the bear canister is it's simple. Yeah. Right? You A, have a stool. And then when it comes to uh, uh, food storage. Especially with the mice and stuff like that because they are around. Yeah. You just yeah. don't have to think about anything. Yeah. yeah. So I'll take that for that purpose. Um, like I took it last winter when we, we went... When I when it ended up getting melted by the fire a little bit, but I took mine just because uh, I don't want to sit on the ground. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah, you know. Plus, it's where I put my food. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I looked at my food. Um, so I have some of last year's or last trips. Uh, some dehydrated dehydrated meals. Um, we'll have to do some shopping, mm-hmm. but beyond that, my uh, stove. Uh, my butane and fire starter. So those are the basics there. But you always want to look at multiple sources of fire. So I've got my flint. And you got a few lighters, don't you? I have to get a couple. Yeah. Um, Do you not have lighters? I have one that's run out. Oh, okay. I'm running that down now. Get the mini bix. They're smaller <coughs> than lighter. Yeah. Or get some matches. Yeah. I hate matches. Why? Uh, they always, uh... Oh, you never had, like, the, the killer ones? Like, yeah. the, the stormproof matches? You have some good ones at work? Yeah. Okay. All right, right so I'll have to look into that. Um, yeah, but my favorite go-to for fire starters, the Vaseline and cotton balls, for sure. Yeah. But it's always fun 
getting the the spruce um, paper bark. You mean the birch bark? Birch bark. That's what I meant. Not the spruce paper. No. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be quite uh, <laughs> quite an accomplishment. Um, yeah, the birch bark. That's fun. Actually, I did that with my kids the other day. But I think that was just on a pine tree that I was scraping the bark, producing almost like that wool-like. That's a cedar tree. That was a cedar tree? Yeah. You can only do that with cedar trees? Yeah, because the, the um, both spruce, well, pine has like a a craggy kind of bark. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like you can't, there's you nothing can't to scrape. That. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, spruce is kind of a little bit more papery. Mm-hmm. But you don't get that fine, uh, like, fluff off of it. Yeah. You know, that you do off of a cedar. Okay. Yeah, so we did that, and the kids thought that was really cool. Which it is, right? And then you use that as your bird's nest. Yeah. And then uh, take some shavings or... In the end, we still had to use our cotton ball. But I was... What was I? I was just... And I was using... Lighter, I think. I can't remember. Anyways, um, yeah, I took a lighter, and with the sparks, I was trying to mimic using the flint. Oh, rod. okay. Yeah, like an empty lighter idea. Yeah, but I was kind of doing it somewhere you probably shouldn't <laughs> near behind a trail, so I got impatient. I thought oh, I'll just light it on fire. Um, anyways, um, yeah, so that's you know several sources of fire. Yeah, and that goes along with your stove kit. Um, my spoon. I don't think I need anything else as far as, uh, cause I've got my pots with that. Yeah. So I'm good there. Have you ever cleaned your pot? Yeah. Why? Oh, it's just cause usually when we go on the trips and you eat out of your pot, like your pot just looks like it's been to hell and back. <laughs> like I have, I have my sexy little titanium pot Yeah. and it looks like it's brand new. Yeah. You know, even though it's been on the AT and it's been a mount, it's been all over places. Yours just... <laughs> just looks like you know if it wasn't for the fact that it's got like the heating fins in the bottom like it looks like like a witch's cauldron from <laughs> you know uh you're talking about the inside <laughs> yeah well like the you know and it's like all dented and yeah i use it yeah <laughs> it's well like loved. it's a soccer ball <laughs> how about you how's how does your planning go uh other than clothes yeah. Um, see that for me, it's a little bit different mm. because other than clothes and then what level of insulation I need to sleep mm-hmm. and then whether I'm sleeping on the ground or in my hammock, mm-hmm. I take exactly the same things every time. Mm-hmm. So packing is real easy. Yeah. You know, like I've got a system so dialed down, like, you know, we we're talking about backpacks. Mm-hmm. I can backpack year round, whether we're going out in the winter where you need more clothing and mm-hmm. uh, you know, more, more sleeping insulation. Yeah. Um, or, uh, in summertime, whatever with a 48 liter pack. Hmm. Um, but I've got my system dialed. Yeah. You know, there's no spare room, but yeah. uh, everything fits. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing that people need to think about is for most people, uh, when it comes to winter, you need a bigger backpack. Like if you are filling, mm-hmm. you know, like if you do summer backpacking trips in a 50, mm-hmm. you probably need more space for winter if you're filling your bag mm-hmm. for summer. Um, I really, 
I'm kind of a minimalist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't, I'm never without anything, but I, I don't know. I'm doing it in a 48 liter pack. What's mine? Uh, yours is 55. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive because you always have way more room to spare than I do. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I know how to pack. Yeah, you do. I'm the packing king. You maybe have to show me how to check my packing. Yeah. You know. Because the one the trick that was really cool that you showed me was to not pack your sleeping bag and your tent in its case, right? Yeah. Just let it smoosh at the bottom of your sack. Yeah, because if you, most backpacks are one big container. Mm-hmm. Um, so my system is I put a waterproof pack liner in. I use the Sea to Summit, but you could also use like a contractor garbage bag if that's your thing. Um, so I put the bag in and then the first thing in is my sleeping bag. And mm-hmm. because I'm not putting it in a stuff sack, I don't end up with this weird shaped uh, blob with all this dead space around it. Mm-hmm. So my sleeping bag, when I stuff, 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 stuff it in, it actually takes up, because I have a down sleeping bag, takes mm-hmm. up very little room at the bottom of my backpack, mm-hmm. right? And then my clothing bag, uh, if I'm using my hammock, my hammock goes in, uh, you know, then uh, my sleeping pad, if I'm sleeping on the ground, will go instead of the hammock. Mm-hmm. Then I close the waterproof pack liner up. Um, if we're doing, like if I'm carrying your tent, mm-hmm. then... Uh, I put the tent in, I put my bear canister upright, and then there's room around it. So then my down jacket, which I'll want easy access to, mm-hmm. I stuff in around it mm-hmm. um, and then cinch it up. My tarp uh, will go in the outside mesh pocket of my backpack. The tent pegs will go in the outside mesh pocket. Uh, if I'm using... Uh, any uh, like water filtration system, mm-hmm. which we won't for this trip, it goes in the outside mesh pocket. I've got little, couple little stuff sacks for those things, just so they're easy to uh, mm-hmm. access. And then my Gore-Tex jacket goes in the outside mesh pocket. Hmm. Which, speaking of which, I got to dig around and find. I'm not hmm. sure where my my red Your shell red is. Part? Yeah, huh. it's going to be somewhere in the house. Yeah. It's just, I haven't seen it, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, I, basically if I don't need it on a regular basis, it's probably hanging in the closet, like where it belongs, mm-hmm. you know, but far be it. I'm looking on the back of a chair, right? So, uh, and it wasn't on the back of the chair I thought it was on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my cook kit, my first aid kit, my headlamp, my spork, uh, all go in the top lid of my backpack. Mm-hmm. Then water bottles, uh, and in the winter I use Nalgene's because they're they'll take boiling water without hurting them. Mm-hmm. Um, I put them in the side pockets of my backpack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't use a bladder? Uh, no. In the winter, um, nothing against it. Yeah, it's just they don't. Um, then my uh, knife, my fixed blade knife, and my saw. One goes with one bottle. One goes on the other side with another water bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, my compass uh, and a lighter go in uh, the hip belt of my backpack. Mm-hmm. And then the other hip belt pocket gets snacks. Make sure you empty those out at the end of the night. So any wrappers in there, the mice don't eat through the hip pocket of your mm-hmm. backpack because I've had that happen before. Um, yeah, that's 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, basically, oh, in the top lid, I'll also throw in my fire kit, which is basically just a small little stuff sack with, uh, in your hygiene kit, you just put with your first aid kit. Yeah. Cause yeah. you, you've done enough trips with me, you know, when we're out there, Yeah, unless it's like hot, humid, um, you know, where you might do a wet wipe in the pits. Mm-hmm. There really isn't a whole lot of hygiene. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's sort of how I'll put it together. So what point for your sleep system, um, hammock versus sleeping bag, like sleeping on the ground with a mat, Yeah. would you, at what point would you, because it's too cold, would you consider sleeping on the ground versus um, if a hammock? I've, if I've got a, a, enough underquilt, Mm-hmm. Um, then probably minus 20. Okay, so we could hammock. Like if we got better underquilts than we currently have. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, even with the two? Yeah, that's not even close. Okay. Uh, Because they're thin. Gotcha. Right? Like you want the ones that are like that thick. Oh, wow. How much does that weigh? Uh, and, he's, and he's by that thick, he's saying that's about... Uh, about three four and a half, four inches. Um, so it'll wrap the underside of your hammock to keep mm-hmm. you, your your buttocks warm, um, and then your kidneys and your back and all that stuff. Because uh, you know if you're sleeping on the ground, you need the insulated pad to insulate you from the cold of the ground. Um, if you're sleeping in the hammock, you need the underquilt uh, insulation under you, so it'll wrap outside the hammock um, to keep you warm from the cold air moving under your butt. Mm-hmm. You know so. Uh, and it's just proportional to how cold it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you have uh, like an underquilt from, you know, Jacks or Better or uh, HammockGear.com, like the cottage industry, like mm-hmm. companies that make the specialty mm-hmm. underquilts, mm-hmm. Um, you can get ones like Hammock Gear does one down to zero Fahrenheit, okay, um, which is, you know, pretty cold. Mm-hmm. Like that's what your sleeping bag's rated to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you were to do, I'm just thinking like a zero Fahrenheit underquilt and then threw your Z light in, uh, you know, you probably do minus 25, hmm. you know, so it's just, and the, the, if you compare to like a tent and a sleeping pad, mm-hmm. um, you know, like your, your tracker, uh, it's not really going to be much heavier if at all you know to to because the it's about a pound and a half for the uh, underquilt you know so it's mm-hmm. not not terribly heavy and they compress small because they're down right cool interesting yeah how long does it take you to get to pack uh like as far as finding like, everything and packing uh, maybe an hour <laughs> easily takes me two three hours yeah. I mean, I mean to find everything and sort through it all. Well, for me, other than, you know, something like, oh, where did I put my Gore-Tex jacket yeah. or my shell? Because I don't use it that often. Yeah. Um, it really comes in. Everything's in the same room. Mm-hmm. You know, you pack your stuff away because it's like you're trying to keep your place tidy with your kids and everything. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, I have no considerations that way. I have just yeah. more space. Yeah. So... Basically, all my gear is just right there in the rec room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. 
Yeah. So I was going through my things today and, and it's, it's, thank God I have a list. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, you know, from the snow baskets on your, on your poles to your, the tubing for your bladder, if you choose to. Yeah. The insulated tubing. The insulated tubing. And put oh, that and then on. clean your bladder. Yes. You know, if you've left it full of water since August, like Catherine <laughs> did. Yes. Just add a little bleach and let it sit overnight with yeah. water. So hopefully that'll be salvageable. Yeah. We'll find it. It might taste funny. Well, like a, unless it's got like black mold growing in it or anything. Well, at least it, not the tube. You know. But what was it in the bag? Yeah. Black mold. No, 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 no. I didn't see any black mold. I didn't see anything. Oh. Well, I didn't really look. Um. I just bleached it for now, and and I'll scrub it, and then yeah. see how it turns out. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the big thing really is for each person is going to be figuring out uh, their their system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and one of the tricks too, it's like if you've never winter camped before, if you happen to live uh, like in a house so you've got a backyard, try sleeping out, like whatever systems you're working with, play with them in your backyard. Like if you, if you get cold temperatures mm-hmm. in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, uh, or even even try winter car camping. Mm-hmm. So that it's like you can go, you know, maybe someplace not far from home. If there's a place where, you know, you can someplace still open in the winter that you can book a campsite mm-hmm. and drive in. Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't work, you can always just get back in your car and go <laughs> home. <laughs> you know, if it's something close to home. Yeah. Um, because it, you really run into that thing where with winter, it's a lot of fun, but the margin of error mm-hmm. uh is less and that makes a lot of people nervous. So for their first trips, a lot of times they overpack. Yeah, uh, naturally. Yeah, you know, it's probably a good idea to car camp to start. Yeah, well, just just so you know what your temperature ranges are. Yeah, because if a sleeping bag is rated minus eighteen, like Catherine's is, yeah, that doesn't mean it's minus eighteen for you, right? For me, that bag probably would be okay to minus twenty, maybe minus twenty two. Mm-hmm. Feel it might be only minus fourteen, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, because we all emit different amounts of heat. We sleep differently, you know. Some people are warm sleepers, some people are cold sleepers. Uh, you know, figuring that out so you have the system dialed in for yourself, um, and you know, if you see something that's rated minus ten, you go, "Oh, okay, I'm a minus ten guy. I can handle that. Mm-hmm. Like that's rated properly for me." Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you're a cold person, uh, and you know who you are. Mm-hmm. Like if you're the person who is the last person to switch from shorts to long pants, <laughs> uh, then you might be one of the warm people. Yeah, um, It's almost like the Jeff Fox where the, you know, you know you're a redneck when. Uh, <laughs> or you might be a redneck. Um, well, you might be a warm person. You know, if you're the person yeah. who, uh, you know, everybody's complaining it's cold in the house and you want to open the window. Yeah. Where so, I'm, I'm the opposite because my toes, my feet right now are cold and my nose is always cold and that's interesting. But the one trick that I thought was really cool is that when you go to bed at night, not to um, over-insulate as far as layers goes. So just wear one layer to bed. So your long johns. Well, it, and here's the thing. Don't wear tight layers to bed. Mm, you can yeah. wear as many layers as you want if they're all floofy and loose. Mm-hmm. Just tight can restrict circulation. Yeah. But that you was know. really neat because I had my long johns on and then my ski pants, which are... Painted on. 
I guess then it was yeah. when I had it on. Anyways, and I noticed it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel tight, but it was tight yeah. enough that I was cold. As soon as the, and then you told me to take them off, and I thought that was counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. But once you do, I'm like, oh, it's all warm. Because <laughs> this is the thing you always got to remember yeah. is that the only warmth going to the extremities, if you don't have an external heat source, is warm blood. Mm-hmm. Right. So if the blood flow is restricted at all. Mm-hmm. Um, then it doesn't matter how warm the core is. Basically, if the blood can't get out to the toes, Mm -hmm. uh, because right now you're sitting with your feet up. Mm -hmm. So your feet are higher than your heart. Mm -hmm. So it'll be harder for, uh, you know, the warm Warm blood blood. to get out to your toes. Gotcha. That makes sense. Right. And because the way you've got your legs rested, there's pressure on the back of your calves, Mm -hmm. which will reduce blood flow. Okay. So uh, I will do an experiment. One leg up, one leg down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell me, um, remind me, uh, socks. Uh, am I wearing liner socks? And then, yes, I am because of moisture control, right? Yeah. So liner socks, then bread bags, the plastic bags. Yeah. And then my winter sock. If it's cold enough. If it's below minus 10, do that. If it's not below minus 10. Then just the two, just the liner. And just regular socks. It's just too hot. Why liner versus, again, just because of chafing? No, it's just warmer. Liner socks like, versus regular winter socks? Well, because you're going to wear liner socks and you're just not doing the bags. Oh, is the what you bag. meant. Yeah. So the bags are only for uh, when it's minus 10. Or colder, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, because if you do a vapor barrier, and so what that is is where you wear a wicking layer against the skin, like a, a liner sock, and then I don't recommend the bread bags. They don't last. It's like the Reynolds oven bags mm. uh, that you can get at your supermarket. Um, they're designed for cooking in, so they're a lot tougher. You okay. put those on, and then you put the your your wool sock on. Mm-hmm. And now the basically it acts as kind of a micro environment around your foot. Um, you got to make sure that you don't get hot. Your feet don't get hot because if they get sweaty, it's nowhere for it to go. But you run it. You run into the thing where uh, basically two prong. Number one, it keeps your feet warmer. Number two, if you're on a multi day trip like we're doing, the moisture from your feet doesn't get out into your boots mm-hmm. and build up like con- like f- condensing and freezing. Okay. Because if that moisture is getting into the insulation in your boots, each day you're getting a frost buildup, so you'll get less, uh, you know, insulation out of your boots because mm-hmm. progressively more and more of your boot is ice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's those two combinations, warmer feet and warmer boots because you're keeping your boots dry internally. Gotcha. So interesting. But if it, But if it's... It only really works below yeah. minus 10. I'm trying to remember if I ever got blisters from winter backpacking. I don't think so because I don't think we backpacked nearly enough. Because typically I wear liner socks more so because of the blisters to prevent that. Yeah, because if that's the case, then yeah, because like when we, we did two mountain trips last year mm-hmm. where you put some miles on mm-hmm. and you didn't seem to run into any blister issues. I don't think so. You know, whereas yeah. you're running into them all the time, having to tape up. In the summer. Yeah. And it's just because it's hot. Yeah. Right. It's hot and sweaty. Yeah. 
Yeah. And when you're sweaty, your skin gets soft. So that's the difference. It's more about moisture control. Yeah. It's why when, when it's cold, your pores stay tight. Yeah. Um, it's why rock climbing in the heat is hard on the fingers because your skin gets soft. Mm-hmm. Right? It's sweaty. Their pores are really open. Yeah. Um, or when it's cold, you might not feel your fingers, mm-hmm. but your skin's tight. Yeah. Like yeah. you can grip the tiniest little crimps. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it, it's kind of cool because uh, there's that sweet spot of temperature, mm-hmm. like 10 degrees, but a bit of sun <laughs> uh, and not a ton of wind. It's cold enough that your skin's tight. And you've got to wear a toque. But it's not so cold that you're cold. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're going to ask me something? You did that big inhalation yeah, of breath? Yeah, no, I was just thinking about, um, so we covered up the feet. When would you use the um, the hot the heat packs the heat packs on your feet when you're cold? Can you is it smart to would you would does it make sense to use that when you're actually walking? Only if you don't have boots that are warm enough. Okay. Um, generally, the heat packs, mm-hmm. you know, they're the little things where you open and or you want that when you sorry, or is it better to use when you're not moving? Well, it's better to you use them when you're cold. Gotcha. Right? So, like, if your feet are cold, um, then use them in your boots. Uh, and then next time, get boots that are warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, when you're moving, you shouldn't need them. Yeah. Like, if you need them when you're moving. There's a problem with your boots. Whether it's your boots or, or if you're trying to keep your core warm or mm-hmm. your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hands can be a little trickier because... It's hard to have any control if you've got like monster mitts on, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of both mitts and ski gloves have a pocket on the back, mm-hmm. so you can put one of those uh, little hand warmers. There, basically, you open them when they're exposed to oxygen. They warm up and they'll emit heat for like five or eight hours. Really, that long? Yeah. Um, so if you put them in your, uh, like the pocket on the back of your mitts, mm-hmm. then they're warming the back of your hands and that mm-hmm. helps warm your fingers. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're somebody who's really prone to cold hands, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, shout out to the bad beta podcast, uh, you know, Renaud's uh, syndrome, uh, if they ever hear this, they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but basically some people are just you know, cold hands, cold feet, mm-hmm. even in conditions that don't really warrant it. Yeah. You know, where they never seem to be able to warm their hands up. Yeah, I think that's me. Uh, yeah. You know, but if you start exercising, they warm up. Oh, sure. Yes, as soon as I start moving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just... So it, you, it just it takes a while. It's blood flow. Yeah. Right? Like, basically, when you get your heart rate up a little bit. Yeah. You know, you just don't have the greatest circulation just sitting around. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but the the heat packs... I find where they're most useful is, say, mm-hmm. at night. You know, you've been sitting around. Um, so when you're getting in your sleeping bag, mm-hmm. um, if you're kind of chilled, there's a couple of little tips to, to get a good warm night's sleep. Like um, if you've got the Nalgene water bottles, mm-hmm. um, just before bed, boil water and pour it in the Nalgene. Yeah. Make sure the lid's on good and tight. And then just put them in a spare sock, mm-hmm. uh, as long as it's a wool sock, and then put it in your sleeping bag. And why wool sock? Well, because wool can't melt or won't melt. Oh, gotcha. Um, not that the the water's hot enough that it's going to make uh, the uh, 
nylon in a synthetic sock melt, but mm-hmm. um, but everybody's going to have wool socks anyway. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but when you put it in your sleeping bag, then it kind of pre-warms your sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. So then when you get in your bag, just push the bottle with your feet down mm-hmm. to the bottom of the bag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so your bag's nice and toasty when you first get in it. Mm-hmm. So it takes less body heat to warm it up. Yeah. Um, and secondly, um, by keeping the bottle in the bag with you, now you've got a liter of water that isn't frozen come morning. That's right. Right? So you already have water for making breakfast. Mm -hmm. You know, make some coffee, hot chocolate, Mm -hmm. you know, make your oatmeal, whatever it is you're having. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of two birds with one stone. It's just be super careful that you've done the lid up tight. Yeah, that would be terrible. You know. Oh, my uh, God. Because uh, I've seen uh, like a YouTube video, Mm -hmm. like Syntax 77 and I think Trail Killer. They're hiking in the White Mountains mm-hmm. uh, down in New Hampshire in the winter. Yeah. And it's like minus 40. Oh, God. And I think it's because it was those kinds of temperatures. Mm-hmm. He thought he'd had it t- on tight. But what it was was f- like frozen water on the threads of the bottle. Mm-hmm. So it didn't get tight. Oh, no. And so then when he put it in, it leaked all through his sleeping bag. Oh, God. And so luckily he had like this down expedition suit, like mm-hmm. the pants and... Mm-hmm. So he just lay between the other two guys. Yeah. Constantly moving, trying to stay warm for the night. Yeah. Before they could get off the mountain. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, make sure that that uh, yeah. is uh, on I'm, tight. I'm always nervous about putting that in my bag. Mm, yeah. For that reason. Well, no, I think it's because you never put the lid on anything. <laughs> and, you know, you're just used to things spilling. <laughs> Am I wrong? Anyway. You reminded me, actually, because uh, I was contemplating, because my, my butt's always cold. Mm-hmm. That's my other problem, especially at night. Um, and usually I just scooch up to whoever's next to me. I was contemplating on making a down skirt, just yeah. as an added layer. And I wonder how effective that will be in just going to the uh, it would help the thrift stop, shop and just finding like one of those jackets, yeah. down jackets, and then cutting it up. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Might do that. Well, because the other thing too, though, is then also sew a couple little pockets in it. Mm-hmm. But and then put <gasps> yeah. hand warmers in them. Yeah, I love it. You know, so it keeps them against your butt. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or if you get the sticky ones. Okay. Like where they have a peel and stick. Yeah. Uh, if you're just sleeping in just one layer, but you get a cold butt, mm-hmm. just peel and stick one on each cheek. <laughs> You put it right on the skin? No, on your pants. I was going to say. Like on the outside layer. Because yeah, like, yeah. if you've got a base layer on. Gotcha. If you're cold, you're not sleeping in the nude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that could be really highly effective as far as mm-hmm. you know warming things up. And actually putting that right on your kidneys, right? Well, your butt, your kidneys, in between your thighs. Mm-hmm. Any place where there's a lot of blood flow close to the surface. Yeah, because it'll spread it around. Yeah, it just warms that blood. It's interesting. Yeah. You know, armpits. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, where you would, like, if you're dealing with somebody with hypothermia, mm-hmm. where they might put the, like, the warming packs, mm-hmm. um, it's the same idea, right? You're just not letting yourself get hypothermic. Right. Uh, so your armpits, crotch, like, between the legs, right. um, kidneys, uh, and then, you know, just from a chill standpoint, your butt. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All of those will, will help. Yeah. Um, of course, a hat. I always find at nighttime that makes a big difference to keep, you know, 
prevent loss of heat, loss of heat. Yeah. Well, and if you've got a down jacket with a hood on it. Yeah, I do that as well. You know, you wear that to bed if you're a little chilly. Mm-hmm. Like I often run into the thing when I go to bed, I've got my down jacket on. Mm-hmm. And then after I'm in there for a little bit, I warm up enough that I take it off and yeah. then I need to use it as a pillow. <laughs> yeah. I might actually take my green jacket this time, which is longer because it it's about um, covers three quarters of my legs. Yeah, then that'll help. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that's always... For anybody who's, you know, trying this kind of stuff, it's mm-hmm. needing to figure out your system. Yeah. You know, and that, that's the advantage that I run into because I've been doing this so long. Yeah. Like, I don't think. Like, when people ask me questions, obviously I can answer them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the process that I've gone through, you know, like, I really got to think about that because it's like, you know, why I picked the clothes. Well, it's because those clothes work, mm-hmm. you know, but <laughs> it's like how I got there. Yeah. You know, um, and I think one of the, the biggest pluses, like I, I melt in the hot, humid heat. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sad, <laughs> but the advantage that I have uh, is that when I do get in these colder environments, um, you know, I just handle it. Like I don't get freezing fingers, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. basically any sort of glove. Uh as long as I'm moving, mm-hmm. will be enough. So that's interesting because I've tried the, um, I bought the mechanics gloves mm-hmm. and I've taken them on a hike and they don't do a lot for me to keep my fingers warm. And I was even in temperatures that there was no snow on the ground. It was probably just maybe a couple of degrees above zero Celsius. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I need a new, another pair of liner gloves, something that's a little bit more. Well, do you have a shell to put them in? Um, well, I've got the big mitts, um, so that's not a problem. But it's more so when I want to take that off. Yeah. Maybe because to start, I don't need them, right? Yeah. It's not that cold, but it's still cold enough that, you know, dexterity and, and just even moving on a hike, yeah. it's, it's not warm enough. I've noticed that. You might want to try... Go upstairs next time you're in the store and go upstairs and check it in the hunting department. Okay. Because some of the hunting gloves are insulated well, but they're lower profile. Okay. Um, Under Armour's got some nice ones. Under Armour? That we just don't have downstairs. Okay. Um, yeah, because like I run into the thing. I just wear uh, a mildly insulated work glove. Mm-hmm. And then if it's cold, I put my big overshells over top of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's all I need. Yeah. But otherwise, in terms of, um, you know, external gear, uh, I've got that dialed in. And as far as what to wear underneath as well, yeah. you know, um, that's not a problem. Yeah. And it's remember to layer. So there's there's a couple different yeah. things. Number one, uh, don't wear anything cotton. If, if uh, don't wear jeans, mm-hmm. like cotton super absorbent. So any moisture just, it takes forever to dry and you lose all heat. So synthetics, like Under Armour, um, you know, Columbia North Face, whatever, uh, Merino Wool, uh, you know, all of those are really effective basically against the skin um, for wicking moisture away. Then mid-layers based on how much insulation you need. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that is some sort of shell. Gore-Tex is obviously the uh, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of the leader um, of waterproof breathable. A lot of your breathability, though, is going to be pit zips. 
not just the breathability of the fabric. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have like a Gore-Tex pant and you're, you're chugging along, having zips that you can open the sides so they can vent. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the same thing with a jacket, having big pit zips so you can open those up and get a lot of moisture uh, and vent that way as well. So even if the snow is coming down from above because the, the zips, the openings are in your armpits, um, it lets a lot of heat out and a lot of moisture out without, uh, you know, getting wet inside. So, you know, the new Marmot Long Johns that I got online? Yeah. You mean the Mumut? Oh, yeah. Marmot's uh, boots, isn't it? No. They're sleeping bags. And tents. Hmm. And clothes. Excuse me. <laughs> Mammut, the Swiss company. <laughs> yeah, Mammut. Um, yeah, so Mammut, I uh, those long johns. I'm kind of questioning how warm they are because well, they're they're not that warm. They're just designed to manage moisture. Then you use your mid layers for your warmth. Mm, interesting, because when I have my long johns from Walmart, mm-hmm. right, which I've used in on winter camping trips, yeah, they're super cozy. So yeah. they turn into my pajamas basically. Um, uh, and I wear on the top underneath it, I wear like a skin tight synthetic for wicking Wait, under the long johns. Yeah. Yeah. Because my long john top I bought when I was about 40 pounds, 35 pounds heavier. Oh, okay. So it's kind of big on me. Yeah. So I use it more as a, a mid layer. Yeah. But I also sleep with it. Mm. Because it's nice. Um, so my question is, the Mammut Long Johns, typically I would wear that first. Against the skin. Some, yeah. And then something on top. It's just that the legs don't um, feel that. Again, I know they're not supposed to be warm, but um, I'm not sure if it's going to do the trick uh, as a replacement to my current Long Johns. At least my current Long Johns may wick, but they're also warm. Well, they're thicker. Yeah. 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 So, so warmth is always going to be thickness. Mm-hmm. Um, so your base layer is just about a little bit of warmth and then managing moisture. Uh, now, obviously, uh, you could have a slightly warmer or thicker base layer on, mm-hmm. which will add a little more warmth. So then your mid layer doesn't have to be as warm. Uh, and then your insulating layers in the mid. You just wear whatever, how much you need to stay warm. Okay. And then you have your shell on the outside. Yeah. To deal with water and wind. Yeah. You know, so uh, now generally a lot of people do go um, with a little warmer base layer, mm-hmm. a little thicker base layer mm-hmm. um, for winter use just because it's, it's never going to get warm. Whereas if you were out in the fall, it might be chilly in the morning and then by the afternoon, you're stripped down to your base layer mm-hmm. because it's warmed up. Well, that's never going to happen in the winter. So you can always have a little warmer. Well, actually, that isn't entirely true because look at the amount of times that I'm stripped down to my base layer. Mm-hmm. But that white turtleneck base layer that yeah. I run yeah. is thicker and fuzzy yeah. on the inside. Oh, is it? Okay. So uh, yeah. that kind of uh, illustrates my point. Gotcha. You know, whereas on the bottom, I almost never wear a base layer in the winter because mm. it's too warm. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just wear my yellow fuzzy pants. Yes. Yeah. I need to get, I need to get something that's more shell like though. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because eventually I'm going to run into some moisture issues. Like I'm just wet on the outside. Yeah. Well, I've got an extra pair of pants that might fit you. Well, it's more uh, A, finding stuff that I can move with my stupid legs mm-hmm. that isn't too tight. Yeah. I, I hate feeling like in the lower body feeling bound like I can't karate kick. Yeah. Not that I ever karate kick, but <laughs> you know, when you try to lift your knee up and you're fighting your clothes. Yeah. Uh you know. Like I gotta find some uh some sort of shell pants that have some stretch to them. Because hmm. otherwise I gotta be cut like MC Hammer pants. Right. And then they're just <laughs> like too baggy and yeah. and then nothing's ever long or everything's too long for me. If it's roomy enough the waist is too big and it's too long. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's like being like moderately short with thick thighs. Hmm. Uh, you know, if I could get some like Gore-Tex spandex. Yes. Which doesn't exist. I was going to ask you. Yeah. You know, but like something waterproof and breathable that's stretchy. Yeah. You know, because the shell jackets aren't that big of a problem because you get them cut roomy enough. Yeah. But for the lower body... um movement is always the issue mm-hmm. you know so, so with the shell jackets you would only wear those um when there's moisture in the air right or you want to cut the wind mm. like if it's super windy <laughs> it's your friend yeah um you know or if you're cold yeah right like it's just it also it's adds warmth yeah right yeah. so uh you know like if i stop a lot of times i'll either put my down jacket on or i'll put my shell on mm-hmm. um Obviously, if it's moist out, then I'll wear my shell. You know, like if it's snowing heavily, because mm-hmm. that snow falls on you, your body heat melts it, and then you end up yeah. wet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, been you know. there. Yeah. Whereas I run into the thing often that if, I, if I'm if i going up the side of a mountain and I'm wearing my shell because it's snowing, mm-hmm. then I end up, it, it's tricky not to exert enough that I start sweating. Mm-hmm. Because even with just a base layer and the shell on, mm-hmm. if I'm snowshoeing up the side of a mountain yeah most of the time that's too hot for me yeah so uh you know these are sort of first world problems <laughs> so what are you looking forward to with this trip uh to going on a trip <laughs> you always ask me like what what are you looking forward to it's like <laughs> i don't know <laughs> going outside like I, I don't i don't have like grand emotional goals when i go on trips <laughs> Um, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I'm looking forward to actually. Are you eating, praying, or loving? <laughs> I'm looking forward to actually building a shelter. And I was just thinking. Um, building a shelter? Yeah, which means we would more base camp doing that. Well, maybe you should talk to me about this stuff. <laughs> well, I'm telling you now. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was thinking about it um, the other day and I, I uh, forgot to mention it. So I'm bringing it up now. Thinking that maybe that could be a lot, that could be a lot of fun. Oh, okay. You know, just go somewhere and then build a, an elaborate, you know, an elaborate shelter. Yeah. Well, we have no snow to mm. backfill it with. That's true. Uh, and we want to make sure any of our tarps are, if we're using a fire in front of it, mm. that the, and we don't have any plat like. Because we're going to use a fire to keep it warm that you want. I'd love to try um, the fur as a bedding for insulation. Okay. Not good with where, if we're going to Pennsylvania. Mm. Just because most of that forest yeah, has... Is all what? Hardwood trees. Gotcha. You, you remember trying to do a bear hang down there? 
Oh yeah. Like the trees are like 74 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you have to be like a major league pitcher to get the uh, <laughs> line up and over a branch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking almost for granted because our area we're in, mm-hmm. there's coniferous trees everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. You know, where not everybody's got that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, hmm. It's a more open. Well, maybe in February you can do that. Yeah. When we have more snow. That was a lot of fun, though, when we did that uh, with Brooks last year at Queen Elizabeth Waterlands. Yeah. yeah, we just got to make sure we bring plastic. Yeah. Because you want to cover the front of the lean-to. Yeah. So embers from the fire mm-hmm. don't melt your expensive sleeping bag. No. <laughs> you know, because as no. it is, you burned a hole in your sleeping pad. I know. Because you tried to deflate it next to the fire. Yes. So, uh, for anybody, if you've got fancy uh, modern gear, you know, inflatable sleeping pads, sleeping bags with like thin nylon shells, all that kind of stuff, um, keep it away from the fire, both the fire itself and embers, because like the slightest little ember will burn a hole in it. My down jacket that's covered in duct tape from all the burn holes I've gotten in it, uh, you know, it's sort of a thing I sacrificed to the cause, but... You know, next year I'm going to have to get a new one. Not because the jacket itself has got any problems, but, you know, it's just covered in duct tape patches all over the place. So, yeah. So we've covered uh, the gear. Mm -hmm. Um, And for anybody who's listening, like if you uh, uh, check the show notes, uh, we're going to be putting up a link to our website where you'll be able to get a more in-depth like article with packing lists that you can download. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will, will make it a little bit simpler for you. Cause when you, when you sort of break your, your backpacking gear down, you have your sleep system, you know, which is your, um, sleeping bag, pillow, uh, sleeping clothes and mat of some sort, you know, whether it's, you know, your insulation, uh, so whether you have like a uh, foam pad or a thermarest inflatable or X pad, it doesn't matter what type you have, but something to cushion you and insulate you from the ground. Then your shelter system, which could be tarps, it could be tents, it could be, you know, whatever, um, hammocks. Um, and the hammock is kind of a hybrid because it uh, can be part of your sleep. It's part of your sleep system as well. Um, then you have your cook system. So stove, pot, utensils like your spork, uh, lighter, fuel, uh, your backpack uh, to carry everything, um, your clothes, your first aid kit, uh, and a headlamp, you know, with a few of the little accessories. Um, And then whatever tools you might bring from a Swiss Army knife to a saw to a, you know, a, a fixed blade knife. That really strips you down to sort of the elemental parts um, outside of food and water um, of what you need for a backpacking trip. Um, and one of the things I always look at is, you know, when I'm trying to help somebody sort of streamline is does it fit one of the main systems? If not, then why are you bringing it? <laughs> and if you have a good reason and you're willing to carry the weight, cool. But, if you go through really systematically, right, um, you know, because when I look at uh, people's weight, because how much weight you're carrying um, matters 
because it dictates how much terrain you can cover, like how many miles you can do per mm-hmm. day. Uh, you know, how much energy you're going to have left at the end of the day. Because if you're carrying a really heavy load, you might get through the day, but you're fried at the end of the day. So if it's a multi-day trip, you got to think about tomorrow. Um, so just to um, give a tip there, what would be your average weight of a backpack in the winter versus the summer? Um, for myself, uh, in the winter, we're probably talking, uh, and this is dry weight, so no food, water, or fuel. Um, dry weight in the summer is like 12 to 13 pounds and it might be 15 to 17 in the winter. Um, so that's for me. Uh, so what that translates into say on a four day trip with food and a couple of liters of water summertime is under 30 pounds, you know, it's probably about 27 pounds for three days. And, you know, it might be 32 uh, in the wintertime. Uh, and that's if I don't have my snowshoes strapped to the outside of my pack because mm-hmm. I don't need them on at that moment. They're still easier to walk with than carrying them in your hands or wearing them when you don't need them. Um, but, you know, there's four and a half pounds just added to my pack. Um, yeah, so that generally is what I run into. Uh, but your mileage is going to vary because, you know, I've got a really light pack. I've got a really light sleeping bag. I got a really light sleeping pad. You know, I've accumulated, you know, lighter weight gear over time. So let's say you're running a synthetic sleeping bag. You know, my minus uh, 11 rated bag is two and a half pounds. Well, if you happen to have for that same warmth, you've got a synthetic bag that's three and a half to four pounds. Well, that's just a chunk more already. You know, I'm running a Thermarest NeoAir sleeping pad uh, that is like one pound, two ounces, like the all season. Um, if you have like, say, a two pound sleeping pad, you know, like you go through each of the things and this weighs a little more and this weighs a little more, this weighs a little more, then you end up with uh, a substantially heavy load or heavier load. Um, and as somebody who stays warmer, uh, cause I know like in the winter time, your clothing bag is at least twice as heavy as mine. <laughs> right. So that's gonna, you know, if you're somebody who just isn't as warm, there's no way around it. You're going to carry some more weight cause you need more clothes to stay warm mm-hmm. than I do. So it's funny. You just made me think to ask Kirsten for her backpack because it's actually more um, supportive, but it's also a warmer backpack. <laughs> Not that I really need that for the day, but it's actually very supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we we're, we're planning on getting Catherine a new one, but the one we want, we when we're down in Vegas at the REI, found the perfect backpack from Osprey, mm-hmm. and. I haven't seen one at a store here in Canada yet, including the store I work at. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, here's hoping next spring. Yeah. You know, or, well, we're going down to Vegas again anyway. Maybe you know. save some money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, still won't be as cheap as me getting it for you, but, mm. you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. So, hopefully, you know, you guys have 
been able to take something from, you know, our little trip planning here. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you learned anything, Catherine? Yeah, I did actually. Um, wrote some notes here. Good. Yeah. And I think uh, as I on live radio <laughs> or podcast, I asked you some questions, but um, actually I have another question uh, regarding first aid. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Um, uh, is this a question from like one of our listeners? No, this is for me. Oh, I was just giving you. <laughs> Which I'm sure our listeners want to know too. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Um, you know, in the summertime, you want to be careful with electro. You, you want to make sure you have enough electrolytes. So you take those tablets. Yeah. In the winter, uh, when you, you're sweating a ton, is it similar? Well, you're not sweating a ton in winter. Okay. If, if you're sweating a ton, you're doing it wrong. Gotcha. Take layers off. Gotcha. Okay. Like you shouldn't sweat in the winter. Hmm. You know, or do the best you can not to. Okay. Right. Manage that moisture. Okay. Um, you don't sweat nearly as much in the winter. Electrolytes uh, are just not really an issue for the winter time. Gotcha. Um, okay. You know, uh, because you really want to minimize your sweating. Right. Because you sweat to manage heat. To heat. Okay. And but sweat uh, manages heat by evaporating and cooling you. Mm-hmm. Not what you want happening in the winter. So. Basically, it's always it's why I always strip down so quickly. Yeah, start cold. Yeah, yeah start cold. Mm-hmm. Um, adjust so that you minimize any any sweating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard sometimes, you know, because it's cold out and windy, but you don't want to get sweaty, but you're exerting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So it's kind of a a balancing act, you know. And there's been more than once while I've had you know um, icicle dreadlocks in my hair. You know, because I take my hat off and everything, just trying to cool down, not to sweat. Yeah. And because there's a bit of sweat, I end up with like icicle hair. Yeah. You know, kind of makes me look like a badass Viking, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, that that's the thing that you want to, to the best of your ability, minimize your sweating. Um, and so then electrolytes really aren't. In the winter, the issue is uh, replace your electrolytes with butter. Hmm. So you have more calories in your system. Mm-hmm. You know, so instead of popping yeah. uh, a little electrolyte tablets, yeah, um, just eat pads of butter that you stole from Denny's. Yeah, you know that you'd put on your pancakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Actually, that's another. We didn't really talk about that, but the food's really important. Um, you're not only taking in food to as fuel, but it's as a source of heat. Well, it's so fuel. eating it just takes more fuel in the winter. Yeah. So in terms of just before bed, uh, eat some food, have some chocolate, high fat. Yeah fatty uh fuel so as you may want to call it um and actually what was interesting too is uh the winter also dehydrates so you want to stay hydrated Mm -hmm. um i noticed that that last year so that was interesting well because it's not as easy to like get a bunch of water yeah and the water tends to be cold yeah so and it's kind of like the thing that sucks is that in Mm -hmm. the summertime when i wish i had cold water it's always lukewarm. Mm-hmm. And then in the wintertime when you wish your water, you know, like you don't want your water to give you an ice cream headache by drinking it, mm-hmm. is ice cold. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But I remember that coming down the mountain at some points I was so thirsty and didn't have enough water. I started eating the snow. Don't eat the yellow snow. <laughs> Unless you're into that sort of thing. That's, you know, I don't judge. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So we're, we'll uh, definitely share the uh, gear list. At the end of this podcast. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. So I think that's going to be it for this week, this episode. Um, 
yeah, hopefully people are uh, uh, finding this useful. Um, I enjoy just sitting and talking. Uh, and uh, Catherine's dad said I have a, a really good voice. <laughs> uh, so there's that. <laughs> if anything, he's your he's your fan. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Did he did he have credit like when he said I had a really good voice and then you took him off speakerphone? Um w- did he have some criticisms for your voice? <laughs> no, he said it was it was a good combination. So, yeah. Oh, okay. And cool. he's pretty critical, so yeah. he tells me like it is. Um yeah, if anybody has questions, just send them our way and we're happy to answer them. Yeah, we can the emails and the and the and the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the modern life is just like don't get me wrong i love the fact that we can record something and put it out and people can hear it um you know that there's no barrier to entry that part's super cool uh but there's just like too much that's why we go on these trips to get away from it all (laughs) you know that that's what i'm looking forward to yes yeah no social media there you go you know because people you know, like I, they don't like my pictures enough because I don't really put mm, many up. I'm looking forward to taking pictures. Yeah. And yeah, because I run into the thing where where uh, I don't get my validation from enough likes. <laughs> Which is funny because I don't really care. But um, yeah. So anyway, until next time, I'm Winston. And I'm Catherine. We'll see you on the trail. Bye.